I need coffee. I love coffee. Got any coffee? Here at Bubble Genius, we love our coffee as much as the next person. Coffee! But we also know it's Caffeine Awareness Month. Caffeine? Coffee? Where's my coffee? If you're trying to cut back, you can still enjoy your morning coffee with our Bathachino coffee. Coffee and Sugar Scrub. Coffee? And, sh- and sugar? Real coffee? Yep, it's got real coffee in it. Or try our Bubble coffee. Brew Soap Set, a half dozen coffee bean-shaped guest soaps. Coffee! Hey, this soap is great. Have your coffee and wash with it, too. Enjoy Caffeine Awareness Month with Bubble Genius. www.bubblegenius.com The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. The flight's been canceled. Everything in the JFK is booked. Uh, No, wait, I have two seats into LaGuardia, but they're not together. It's boarding right now. We'll take them. We're not going to sit together? Well, so what? It's not that long. You'll read. Well, what about George? He's supposed to pick us up at Kennedy. We'll call him. There's no time. No time? Is there time? There's no time. There's no time. All right, we'll call him from the plane. I have one seat in first class and one in coach. The price is the same because your flight was canceled. Oh. Well, uh, I'll take the first class. Jerry? What? Why should you get the first class? Elaine, have you ever flown first class? No. All right, then. See, you don't know what you're missing. I've flown first class, Elaine. I can't go back to coach. I can't. I won't. So here, coach. Yeah, that's the point. All right, fine. I don't care. The plane crashes. Everybody in first class is going to die anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'll live. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Radio goes with life. A salt and pepper, a fork and knife. Radio goes with life. Sir, we have a policy on this airline that a bag is this large. Okay, you know what? Take Just give me a little pause oh. off of my bag, okay? It's not like I have a bomb in here. It's not like I want to blow up the plane. Sir! Just want to stow my bag according to your safety regulation. Sir! Hey, sir! You would take a second and take the little sticks out of your head, clean out your ears, and maybe you would see that I'm a person who has feelings, and all I have to do is do what I want to do, and all I want to do is hold on to my bag and not listen to you. And the only way that I would ever let go of my bag would be if you came over here right now and tried to pry it from my dead lifeless fingers, okay? If you can get it from my kung fu grip, then you can come and have it, okay? Otherwise, step off, bitch. The following podcast contains harsh language, nudity, graphic violence, adult situations, and a healthy obsession with empirical reality. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. It is Thursday, February 1st, 2012, and this is the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez I'm Bob, that's Chez. I, you know, we're brought to you by Bubble Pure Products. I'm having technical problems. I can tell. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Uh, you're, you're cutting in and out. Am I really? Is that the problem? Uh, everything was cutting in and out a minute ago. And it sounds like you're shaking the microphone or something. Oh. Well, good. Maybe my microphone is screwed up. Anyway, let's keep going because, you know, I'm on the clock. So were you hearing like loud bursts of static at the beginning yes. of the you were hearing that? Yep, sure was. Oh, good. Uh, don't worry about it, let's just do this. Yeah. So I mean I I thought it might be my headphones, but it sounds like it's my my microphones. Yeah, see? I think it's I think That's my good. microphone is on the blank. I would suggest not getting anywhere near it then. <laughs> it's gonna just exp- talk into it. It's 
going to explode. See, now I was just talking there and it cut out. God. See, I take everything apart and I put it back together uh, after we've uh, moved and now everything is screwed up. So I think what I may have to do is uh, redo the open and post. We'll fix it in post, Chess. Okay. Oh, what a great way to start the show! I think I think I've got it worked out. I just I just had to jiggle the, <laughs> the microphone cable into the back of the computer. Classy. I think that I think that works. We're a uh, a well oiled machine here at the Bubble Genius Bob and Chess Show. By the way, we're uh, as I said before, we're we're brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. Pure product. Yeah, that, that was, was me. Not, it was good. I was scared there for a second. I do what I can. We're classy, um, and we're also brought to you by the BobSeska.com Amazon link. If you go to uh, the, the, the website and you look right under the logo. That's where I get all my d- And so what you do is if you want to go shopping at Amazon.com, don't type in Amazon.com in your browser. Just go to BobSeska.com and then click on the Amazon link. And it takes you right to Amazon. Other, you know, but we end up getting a, a piece of everything that you buy. Bob gets a generous stipend. I get a, a good word. Stipend. Stipend. Generous. I would hardly say generous, but it is a stipend. We got a, a big show to do today. That, by the way, is the name of the deal that I order through Bob Seska, Amazon.com, the stipend. You're just, you're just making I'm going to have to bleep like half the show. Mm. Yeah. You don't have to bleep that out. Yeah, you can you say do. it on TV now. You can't, well, you can't say it on radio, especially not with any earshot of the FCC. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's too bad, but don't take it up with me. Take it up with the FCC. Sex toy. That's what I was saying. Sex okay. toy. Well, there you go. That's a little better. For those who get it bleeped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I forgot to mention this last week, and I really should have. Um, we're doing that. We're going to Tennessee next week. It's going to be the big trip to Tennessee, uh, to Johnson City, Tennessee, in the campus of Eastern Tennessee State University. Uh, on the night of the 26th, which is Tuesday night, we're going to do a meetup at the Carnegie Hotel Bar. At We're, we're saying we're penciling in eight o'clock. We're saying eight o'clock, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. Provided our flights get in on time and everything, and we get all situated, we're going to be down at the bar uh, consuming alcoholic beverages and just hanging out. It's an informal thing. I mean, we're not, this is no, no, no one's planned this or sponsored or anything like that. I mean, it's just, we're just going to be there. And if you decide to show up and hang out with us, that's where we're going to be. <laughs> Calling attention to where we're going to be is a really smart thing. Can you, can you really imagine? What kind of people will go out of their way to come hang out with us? Yeah, to drive They're the kind of people you really don't want to hang out with. There, there are some people I've heard from a couple of people already who are going to drive out of their way. See, that scares me. That's you know, that's the old Groucho Marx thing. I don't want to be be a member of any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> well, and that's, I that frightens me. Like if somebody going way out of their way to come visit us they're either going to kill us or they're crazy yeah i'm concerned that someone's going to show up with a, a suit made of human skin or something you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so uh but that'll be i mean you, you know where we are i mean i haven't talked about it on the website at all i haven't talked about it on facebook anywhere else so it's only people who hear this show who are invited are you really not going to put anything up on the blog about it? No, no, no. Okay. This is a, this is an exclusive, you know, event for <laughs> where people will have to pay for their own drinks, <laughs> and uh, for people who listen to this show, it's all about this show. If you listen to this show, if you hear my voice talking right now, then this is for you. <laughs> you can come, and we can all sit and stare at each other, hoping that one of us isn't a serial killer. 
<laughs> it's uh, 8 p.m. at the Carnegie Hotel Bar on uh, February 26th. That's this coming up Tuesday. And then on the 27th, we're going to be uh, speaking on a panel at ETSU on uh, new media and politics. It's going to be Wednesday. Very, very hungover. Wednesday, February 27th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the ETSU DP Culp Center Auditorium. Your favorite kind of auditorium, the mm-hmm. DP. The DP Auditorium. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Um, uh, by the way, the campaign to get me on the NRA enemies list is ongoing. So if you, uh, I really would love to do that. Get me on the enemies list by going to uh, your, your Twitter feed and type in to at NRA and just say, add Bob Seska to your enemies list. That's, that's easy. That's easy to do. It takes two seconds and the reward will be fantastic. Would love that. I just can't. I can't wait to get on that list. I deserve to be on that list. I mean, I've <laughs> written about it exclusively almost since uh, Sandy Hook, and even before mm-hmm. that. I mean, I was doing it before then, but not as often. Right. I just g- gained all kinds of new urgency, and I'm just you know. I was looking at my Twitter feed the other morning, and I scrolled through the the entire day so far of tweets, and right. I I follow. I don't follow a lot of people. I follow around 200 people. And of those 200 people, uh, I only saw two tweets about gun control. I mean, there must have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tweets. It was all sequester, and at the time it was about Bob Beckel and his ridiculous uh, rape comment. <laughs> Beckel. You see, Bob Beckel said that there's no such thing as campus rapes. Uh, yeah, Remember? yeah, I did. I wrote about it this week. <laughs> I, the, I mean, first of all, it it again proves my uh, the thing that I wrote about um, uh, what's his name uh, Kucinich when Fox hired Kucinich that that Fox when it comes to liberals only hire tomato cans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they they hire people who they know are either buffoons like like Beckel or lightweights who they can easily push over like Kucinich. Kucinich is very yeah. serious about his his beliefs, but he's still he, you know he's he's a Looney Tune. Yeah. And and it just confirms people's you know uh, it confirms the the average Fox viewers' belief about what uh, liberals are like. So that's really the only kinds of people that, for the most part, the only kinds of people they hire. I'm sure there are one or two differences. You know, contributors to come on once in a blue moon, Sally Cohn and that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, the interesting thing for me about Beckel's statement is it was fascinating to watch how quickly the the two sides of the ideological spectrum will swap when you bring in a uh, uh, a subject that each of them feels differently about. In other words, mm-hmm. like if the subject were instead of gun control, if the subject had been abortion after rape, Bowling and Perino would have been losing their mind. They yeah. would have been saying that, well, rape is you know overreported, and and you know it just they would be the ones arguing uh, arguing mm-hmm. that rape on campus really doesn't exist all that often. But when it comes to if the argument is, hey, you know what, we need a reason to arm women so that they can kill people, so they can use deadly force, then all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, college campuses, so literally they are Thunderdome hellscapes. Of rapists behind every single tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was going to say about Bob Beckel and his his post at Fox News, just rewinding a second. It'd be almost like MSNBC hiring Ted Nugent to be their only conservative commentator. You know what I mean? No, like- you know what? No, because Beckel is ineffectual. 
Beckel isn't just a joke. He's ineffectual. It would be like, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but it would be like, it would be like, you know, cause, cause Nugent is a cartoon character. Beckel isn't even that. He's just a guy who he's kind of like a slovenly buffoon who really can't make a good point. Yeah. He's just blah, 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 you know, that kind of Yeah, he's a feckless hack. I mean, he has no, he has nothing of value to say to defend the liberal point of view. I mean, if they wanted to get someone who really represented the liberal point of view, who was sharp, they would get, I mean, there are any number of people, but the the, the first person that always springs to mind is you get Tom Hartman. I mean, if you really want to be fair and balanced, you get Tom Tom Hartman. Tom Hartman, Frank Rich, you know, I hate to cross up, uh, you know, people who are on MS, but a Rachel Maddow or a Lawrence O'Donnell or those kinds of people. Yeah, Tom Hartman's a great, great example. Yeah, you get somebody who can really hold their own. Exactly. By by the way, MSNBC. Did you read uh, Cohen's piece? Uh, I just, I got to (laughs) say, MSNBC, why are you making me look bad? Why are you making me look like an idiot? Because of the entire <laughs> debate that we had over whether it was uh, whether MS was pro Obama. Yes, yes, yes. Damn it, these people! Right. They go and they hire See, Robert that's, Gibbs. That's, that's that's what I was trying to say. I'm not saying that there is a that it that everybody there totally loves Obama and they're totally in the tank for Obama. I'm saying that there is sort of a a predisposition to give him the benefit of the doubt. And and there is a sort of bias in how they hire people, and that's this kind of proves that. I mean, you know, and I'm not I'm not going down that road again, but that's sort of what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I do I do think though that you know between hiring hiring these two and you know somebody wrote a really great uh, article this week that I I was actually thinking about writing myself, and uh, you know I'm glad that somebody else you know first of all did it for me because I just don't feel like going too much into MSNBC, but also I'm glad that uh, that somebody noticed what I noticed, which is you know for all of MSNBC's arguing about how they're not liberal and during the daytime you know they make the same argument Fox does you know well our regular news coverage is really regular news. Have you seen now with Alex Wagner? Have you watched that? Yeah, I have seen that. But let me let me back that, up. Let me be clear. Just, yeah, just so any anyone hasn't seen this piece or the piece by uh, by Ben, uh, MSNBC hired Robert Gibbs and David Axelrod to be commentators, to be analysts, yeah. contributors. Robert Gibbs and David Axelrod, for God's sake, directly for the Obama administration. Exactly. There are hundreds, hundreds of qualified left of center people who are great on television, who can talk and talk and talk and make salient point after salient point, like, who are say compelling. Seska. <laughs> well, you know, I'm thinking of guys like Cliff Schechter. I'm thinking right. of Tom Hartman. You know, just on down the list of the people we just were talking Hartman, about. Hartman may have an exclusive with RT. I don't know. Yeah, probably might. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, regardless, these two guys, I mean, not only are they members or former members of the Obama administration, and that's the only reason why they were hired. But they're not good on television. Robert Gibbs, listening to Robert Gibbs talk is like watching paint dry. When he used to, I mean, when he used to do those uh, press conferences as press secretary, it was painful to listen to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I have an issue with, um, you know, I, I have an issue with hiring people who work really for any administration. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, because all that really says is, is well, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah, they're going to pretend to be unbiased, but they're absolutely not unbiased. No, no. 
It's and, one know, thing to hire somebody who, you know, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm progressive. Yeah, I supported Obama. OK, but somebody who actually worked for him. Yeah. And I, I like these guys. I think they did a great job on the uh, the, the two campaigns. Well, Robert right. Gibbs, yeah, he's not so much on the second campaign, but regardless, they're but they're not TV people. So why exactly is MSNBC hiring these two guys to be commentators on their network? Clearly not because they're good on TV, not because David Axelrod is easy on the eyes. You know, he's not David Axelrod is no Thomas Roberts. I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm in love with Thomas Roberts. I, I not, love me some Thomas Roberts. I would be that guy's <laughs> twink in a heartbeat. <laughs> Call me Thomas. It's a good-looking man. But I mean, come on! I mean, can you be any more transparent? And on top of all of it, you're making me look like crap because I just we spent an hour contra, a controversial hour in which I defended MSNBC with my reputation and the reputation of this podcast. That is what I was talking about, that just you had, you had to – I'm not saying – you offered phenomenal points. You really did. And I, by the way, you know, I wasn't – I'm sorry for, the, for you know, that thing that I wrote saying that you're delusional, really, because you made, very, you made really good points. But having worked in, in TV news for a long time, it's just – it's like I said, it's like pornography. You, you know it when you see it. And I just uh-huh. – mm, I knew – I know that behind the scenes, there is a sort of pro-Obama thing going on at MS. And yeah, them hiring these guys I think is ridiculous. And I think Ben – you know, Ben, what we're talking about by the way ben cohen wrote a piece for banter today on it yeah and i think the headline right right out of the gate and he's right is you know msnbc can't call itself a legitimate you know unbiased news network anymore and it can't you know and i i i agree i'm one of those people who want to defend ms no matter what because i do think that there is a vast difference and ben, ben god bless him pointed it out perfectly there's a vast difference between msnbc and fox because on ms two plus two still equals four i think is what he said yeah whereas you know there's still a basis in reality whereas fox will just invent conspiracy theories and pull them out of thin air and it's just it's just non-stop insanity so they're not that, but they are definitely, you know, there's no denying now that they are, they are a biased news organization. Got to take a uh, break back after this. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. Yeah, Gibbs and Axelrod say they're going to provide, you know, fair analysis of the Obama administration. But no, they're not. It's like they, they should have just ended that with, we swear, right. we promise, with right. their fingers crossed. We, like, their we like all types of music, country yeah. and western. And hey, look, you know what? Ultimately, I have no issue with any, anything that has, you know, a, a, a bit of bias towards the left. That's, that's fine. We need more of it. I've always argued that. There's a significant imbalance in the media. Uh, you know, if you count talk radio, it is the, 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 the ideological balance is so far skewed to the right right now. Anyone who dares to claim that there's some liberal media bias is out to lunch. There is no liberal media bias. There are literally thousands, thousands of AM talk radio hosts who are just to the right of Barry Goldwater and Attila the Hun, for God's sake. And they're controlling a large number of yes. listeners. I mean, Glenn Beck alone, 10 million yeah. listeners to his radio show. The only thing that, that 
the only thing that true journalists are that, that, you know, most, I mean, there's an argument to be made, and I've said this many times, that the owners of media these days are all conservative. Mm-hmm. But the only bias that most journalists have, especially TV people, is conflict because it's that's, that's what right. they yeah. thrive on. Yeah. They just, they need drama. They need the ratings. That's the bias. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that um, the, the ratings in AM talk radio come from, you know, right wing people because it's mm-hmm. right wing radio that sells that the kinds of people who listen to AM radio are the, the kinds of people who are naturally knee jerk conservatives. You know, it's like older yeah, people. I mean, it's, it's, their ways it's sad and, that, yeah, it's know. sad that that's a uh, that that's a generalization, but it's actually a pretty true generalization. Media Matters wrote a really good piece about uh, the whole Breitbart scandal this yeah. week the fact that ben shapiro doubled down on his uh you know his his claim about friends of hamas with chuck hagel the story that's absolute bs and it's based on a joke <laughs> um and media matters wrote a really great article about how uh essentially liberals are winning the internet because the way yeah. liberals think is more in tune with social media with the sort of non-linear thinking of social media than they are with sitting down and listening to freaking talk radio all day yeah but i wonder how effective it is for liberals to control the internet i mean it's on one hand yeah the internet can provide a form of activism a form of speaking out and occasionally there are those petitions that go around and if enough people yell on twitter sometimes something changes but ultimately does it translate to votes does the internet get out the vote do all of the liberals we follow on the internet is it really effective? Because I mean, that's a I, that's a big debate. Yeah, I mean, I I I and I just don't know. I tend to think that it doesn't. And I'd, I'd what you're, love what you're be, talking about is slacktivism. Yeah, I'd love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. I'd love to be disproved on this, but I believe that there's there's an inability uh, for the internet to remain focused. And I think that translates to a lack of. Oh, it remains very focused for about uh, three hours. Yeah, the, I mean, and then the, it moves on to something else. Yeah, and what that translates into is a lack of efficacy. And I'm seeing that. And and again, I hate to keep beating this dead horse, but I'm seeing that right now with gun control, where I just I feel like we're failing on gun control. And I'm talking specifically. Our attention. I've written so much about this. This is the new meme for me. Our attention spans in our culture now are now reduced to 140 characters and a 24-hour news cycle, and that's exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. We're, we're ADD. We move on. We move on very, very quickly. We can, to answer your question about what the Internet can do, the Internet has the ability, you know, it's that whole thing I talked about uh, after Romney's first, uh, Romney's first uh, debate performance, where, he, where he, he did great, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, in the eyes of most people. And because of that, he won the narrative. You know, he changed the narrative and he changed it overnight. The only problem is that that can change back just as quickly because that's where we are now. The Internet does create help to create a narrative that then percolates up to media organizations and media disseminate that crap out everywhere. Yeah. You know, they put that stuff everywhere. And then that will change. That can change the national mood and that can actually affect the way people vote and the way people think and what they do. But the problem is it can change back just as quickly. Well, if you, and you compare it to AM talk radio. And who's listening to AM talk radio? <clears throat> Old people. Rubes. Old, well, yeah. Uh, but predominantly blue hairs, like 65 plus. Yep. And they vote. They vote, they vote in the primaries, whether it's an, an off-season election. They vote in the, in the general elections. They vote in the 
you know, the, the elections that no one talks about, the state and local elections, the, the kind of election that we're going to have this coming up spring and pr- with a primary and the kind of election we're going to have in the in the fall. Yeah. That's that's when these people vote. And then th- what happens is it, they end up controlling things because they're the people who come out and vote. That's how well, we- yeah, they vote because they're they're singularly focused on not just politics, but on their anger and on their resentment. Yeah. The rest of us, for the most part, you know what we do. I mean, I've done it. I'm guilty of it. You know that I've talked about it a bunch of times. I can get. I mean, I understand constantly what's at stake. But as I've said it many times, my my level of outrage and interest, you know, that my reservoir of that is is limited. It's not all that big. And after a while, you do get to the point where it's like, okay, suck myself up for the presidential election. I know what needs to be done. I know what's at stake. Let's go, 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 go. But afterwards, it's like there are times when you're just like, all right, enough. I don't want to think about politics anymore. Yeah. I don't want to worry. I don't want to have to fret over every single thing. Yeah, there's injustice out there, and it affects me. But it's it's killing me. It's giving me a headache to think about. Whereas these old people, number one, they got nothing better to do. Mm. And number two, they're just like, you know, we see our country being taken away from us. So they're angry all the freaking time. Yeah. Yeah. And they know exactly what they're angry about, too. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah, the it's, communist Marxist uh, Kenyan <laughs> usurper. That's right. It's a, so it's just it's it's frustrating to the nth degree with me i just i can't get beyond it that that we have the ability to really control what gets done in washington what gets done most most importantly these days at the state and local level but we just we just can't maintain focus because of the nature of how we're following the events as they go by you know that's just it i mean and we're completely i've been writing about this a lot lately we're completely missing the ball at the state and local level. I mean, we think, oh, yeah, the Republicans are in disarray and they're failing and their Republican outreach is failing and they're, they're screw-ups and they're idiots. But you know what? They're winning at the state they're level. Winning, they're winning at the local level, yeah, yes. At the, at the sta- I mean, the, the, the bills that they're passing. I'm not going to get into this too deeply because I wrote about it today. But the bills they're passing are at the state level. We've been following them one after another. Whether it's you know transvaginal ultrasound or gerrymandering or school vouchers, voter ID, disenfranchisement, all of that's going on at the state level, and we're busy talking about sequestration and, and trying to read Obama's mind and read Boehner's mind right. and figure out what's going to well, happen. It's, yeah. it's it's it, you know it goes to to the fact that uh, you know one of those things that I've said a couple of times. I think I said it here a while back is that you know America is such a large country that. We don't think because we live in separate states, a lot of times we don't think about what's going on either right next door or or quite a ways away. You know, what's going on in Oklahoma and Kansas in in the in the big picture can affect me. But I live in California. State wise, they have no say in what I do. That's true. And so because and so because of that, you know, it's like it's that thing that I said a while back where I'm like, look, I live in L.A. I have nothing in common. I mean, aside from being a carbon based life form politically, I have nothing in common with somebody who lives in, you know, Birmingham, Alabama. You know, I don't have the same politics. I don't have the same. I mean, you know, I don't want to generalize, but, you know, I don't I don't live with the same sort of political generalities that somebody there does. My life is completely freaking different. My cultural experience is completely different. And it's interesting because very few other countries have that. Very few other countries. There's at least some kind of nationalism there. And there really there kind of isn't in America anymore. Yeah, that's right. That's true. I mean, and there really in some ways there never was. 
But I, th- I think there's, there's a problem in so far as, you know, abortion being almost entirely banned in North Dakota is going to eventually impact maybe not you specifically, but maybe the people who you communicate with online, right. you know, the people who you speak to as a writer and as a commentator. These are so these therefore are important things. And then they what ends up happening is if it becomes okay to do this in North Dakota, then it becomes okay to do this in Oklahoma, then it becomes okay to do this in Nevada, and then suddenly where are we? Where are we? Where we're balkanized, where the entire center of the uh United States, you know, has various <laughs> Stone Age laws that just uh just make it, make it criminalize minorities, criminalize women. It's just yeah, bad. It's just bad uh, no, I get it. And you know, missing. I used yeah. to, when I lived in New York City, I used to joke that I'm too arrogant to live anywhere else. <laughs> you know, I used to say like, oh, I, I have to live in New York City because I, I'm, I'm really, I'm too much of a <laughs> to live anywhere else. I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine the life that I have here anyplace else in the United States of America. Now, you know, I live in L.A. now, but it's sort of the same thing there. Yeah, You know, it's it, it's already become, you know, we've known this for a long time. It's already, as much as I don't want it to be, because I've got, I've, I've gone across, I've driven across the country so many times back and forth, and I love every place I've been. You can always find amazing people and cool cultural experiences, mm-hmm. and, you know, I love America coast to coast. Yeah. But politically, there's no denying, and, and, you know, politics is infecting our culture. There's no denying that we are probably now more than ever the coasts and the center of the country. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, listen, we got a break uh, more after this. I was panicking earlier in the show as I was trying to plug Bubble Genius and suddenly uh, my microphone was infected by demons. And I thought, well, we're going to have to stop the show, but the show must go on. And we're brought to you by BubbleGenius.com, pure products, pure genius, Bubble Genius is the best damn soap and bath and body products you could ever possibly imagine. By the way, you can also get them on Etsy. If you go to Etsy, if you're familiar with the Etsy, you go to Etsy and you can buy your Bubble Genius products there too. And I had no idea that it was Caffeine Awareness Month. Why do we have to have that, by the way? I'm perfectly aware of caffeine and I love it, love it, love it. Here's the latest word from Bubble Genius. I need coffee. I love coffee. Got any coffee? Here at Bubble Genius, we love our coffee as much as the next person. Coffee! But we also know it's Caffeine Awareness Month. Caffeine? Coffee? Where's my coffee? If you're trying to cut back, you can still enjoy your morning coffee with our Bathachino coffee coffee and sugar scrub. Coffee? And And sugar? Real coffee? Yep, it's got real coffee in it. Or try our Bubble Brew Soap Set, a half dozen coffee bean shaped guest soaps. Coffee! Hey, this soap is great. Have your coffee and wash with it, too. Enjoy Caffeine Awareness Month with Bubble Genius. www.bubblegenius.com Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Your promo code is Bob and Chez, B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z. That's our names. Uh, with an and in there, and you get 15% off your entire order from BubbleGenius.com. Uh, once again, we're going to be uh, doing this meetup. I'm looking forward to it, um, and hopefully I'll remember most of it. Hmm. Exactly. 
I'm eating my lunch. Tuesday night, yeah, don't don't mind me. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, the 26th, 8 o'clock at the Carnegie Hotel Bar in, in Johnson City, Tennessee. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Ted Nugent will show up. You know, God, the sound of you chewing is going to drive me nuts. Like All that. right, fine, I'll stop. I'm doing a million things to do today. So I have to you know, do two things at once. Here, I'll shut my mic off while you keep talking. So, okay, so this guy, um, frequent commenter on, on the blog, and then also he's a diarist at, at Daily Coast. His name is Graf Zeppelin. Right, and he, yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, he came up with comments. really good writer. Came up with a a great point in the comments this week that I just I wanted to pass along. In fact, I almost made it the subject of my column this week, hmm. and I thought because I thought it was really clever. Now, if we look at the Second Amendment, Second Amendment to the Constitution, the Right to Bear Arms Amendment, uh, the 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 full text of it reads. As follows, and I'm I'm stalling because I'm trying to bring it up here on my computer. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I sadly I sadly do not have it memorized. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, state meaning a state, not the nation, a st- individual state. By the way, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What if you have no money, you're broke, and you want to buy a gun? Should you get that gun for free? In other words, is the price tag, is the fact that we sell guns unconstitutional? Is the fact that guns are only a a right to people who can afford them? Hmm. Interesting. So are you following on this? Um, So I'd like to see the gun lobby representing the for-profit gun industry you know, get behind this idea. Shouldn't guns be free to whoever wants one? That's the big question. That's an interesting question. Yeah. So you extrapolate that out. If it's, I mean, it's not like the First Amendment, because the First Amendment says Congress shall not, you know, infringe upon freedom of speech and religion and press and so on. But this is, in general, this is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Nothing in there about the government infringing what if private industry is infringing on people's right to own a gun to keep and bear arms right. you know and i imagine i don't know what's the price tag how much does it cost to buy an ar-15 in fact i'm going to look that up now what's the price tag on an ar-15 about twelve hundred dollars twelve hundred dollars did you find it about that yeah, yeah. about that uh, okay good twelve hundred dollars that's a lot of Looking money like, yeah. I, I don't think the gun lobby would ever ever endorse that idea but why not have free guns for everyone? Just going, okay, well, the Constitution says I get a gun, and no one can infringe upon my right to own that gun, so give it to me for free. Shouldn't it be that way? I think it should. It would make, it would make a great court case. <laughs> it would make a fantastic court case. Yeah. By the way, you see this guy, this pizza shop owner, who, uh, who's giving a 15% discount to anyone who brings a gun into his pizza shop? Right, yeah. You know... <laughs> <laughs> I think that if I bring a gun into your pizza shop, I can get that pizza for free. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. There was a great cartoon uh, that I saw where I was. I think Ashby posted it on the blog. Bunch of people yeah, lined. Bunch of people lined up for pizza, and the guy ho- holding the gun, you know, not concealed or anything, holding it wide open. 
you know, and a bunch of people surrounding him. Everyone else is thinking Sandy Hook, Aurora, you know, gun massacre. And the guy's thinking pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy with the gun's thinking pizza. And then there's a woman at the end who says, boy, I picked the wrong store to rob. <laughs> yeah, the, the old lady. I like yeah, that. Right, right. So a Virginia, Pe- uh, Virginia Beach pizza owner is showing his support for firearm rights by giving gun owners a 15% discount. Discount is given to anyone who brings a gun or a concealed handgun permit to all-around pizzas and deli. Yummy. Discount is given to anyone who brings a... Oh, yeah, owner Jay, Light, Lays, Jay Lazy, I think that's his name, tells news media outlets that he planned on offering the discount for a limited time, but he says the response has been overwhelming and he might make it permanent. Well, thank God for that. Bring a, bring a gun, get a pizza discount. Uh, one last break back after this. This is the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Oh, what could possibly go wrong? Guy inviting you to bring guns to his pizza shop. Um, what? What do you? Again, I'll bet if you're a black guy who brings a gun in, that they they just start throwing pizzas at you. Yeah, black or Latino, you know. Idiots. Here, take them all. Idiots, 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 all of them. Hey, um, I want to get your take on this guy. Um, this uh, bill that was introduced in Missouri by the state representative Roy Ellinger. Did you see this? He, uh, this guy's a Democrat from University City, Missouri. And he proposed a bill that uh, it's HB 545. It would not only ban the sale of assault weapons in Missouri, it would also ban the manufacturing and importation of assault weapons in Missouri. And if that yeah, was like no tolerance. If, yeah. And if that wasn't strong enough, the, the law would criminalize the possession of an assault weapon following a 90-day period after the, uh, after the bill is passed. So you have 90 days in which to relinquish your assault weapon, not sell it back, hand it over to the authorities. Yeah, wow. That's, or, <laughs> that, that guy's got a huge target on his back right now. Yeah. I think this is so smart, though. Because, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, as a negotiation tactic, this is, this is what you want. Yeah, you start at the far end. Yeah, you start, start at the extreme. Start at the far end. So suddenly, Dianne Feinstein's uh, assault weapons ban doesn't seem so extreme. President's assault weapons ban do- doesn't seem so extreme. Right? Yeah, but I don't think that there's really any negotiation to be had on this subject. I think conservatives are just not going to give up anything involving guns. They're not going to give an inch. So it's it's kind of a waste to even try. I mean, it's yeah, it's very clever. Um, certainly, if it, from a bargaining position, it's clever. But you know, it's not as if they're going to listen when Diane Feinstein says, "Well, like, look, you know, my my bill's not that bad. See, all I want is this," because they're not going to care either way. They're they're not giving an inch on guns. No, no. I mean, you know, it, it would be. I don't know. I mean, it would be it would be great to to see a large portion of the guns gotten off the street. Certainly, assault weapons, because I just you know, oh dear God, it's it's Wednesday, which means that it's of course landscaping day. What so. is going on today? 
I mean, we just yeah. uh, we uh, we just want to do a sh- yeah, I know. <laughs> podcast, yeah. for God's sake. Normally, by now, I just take the damn computer into my bedroom, and I probably will because, you know, the little guys are coming around. And you might as well go back to you, Might as well go back to eating. <laughs> Thank you. I um, appreciate that. So, but I mean, I, I think what we might get is we might get a, a background checks law passed, but it'll be full of loopholes. Right. They're just going to, you know, because the NRA has already come out against that. They don't want background checks at all. They don't want anything. They don't want anything. And our side, we're just satisfied with symbolic votes. And this guy, Rory Ellinger, I want to emphasize that name, Rory Ellinger, hope he runs for Congress. Has just has taken the boldest stance, I think. I mean, he's, he readily admits the law is not going to get anywhere. It's never going to so. pass. No, not, not in a million years. It's, yeah, it's, it's a clever, you know, it's a clever symbolic move. Well, but it's, I think it's more than symbolic. I think it's strategic. I think, if, I think if gun control people can start getting behind that kind of stuff, then we can get something that's maybe not that but still comparatively strong. You know what I mean? Right. It's sort of like proposing British-style single-payer health care when what you're really shooting for is the public option. You know, This is what Republicans do all the time. This is what the NRA is doing right now. We don't want background checks. We don't want bans on extended magazines. We don't want buyback programs. We don't want anything. No assault weapons ban. Nothing. They are offering nothing. Of course. And so where do we end up? You know, weakened legislation. We always are. Yeah, exactly. So meanwhile, the response to in Missouri has been just over the top insane. Apoplexy. Yeah, exactly. Well, the one lawmaker in response to this Ellinger bill, Ellinger's law, (laughs) has proposed um, a, a bill in the Missouri state legislature that would criminalize proposing gun control laws. Making it a, a felony punishable by upwards of four years in prison to simply talk about it, to simply introduce a gun control law, not the passage or enforcement of the law, just saying, hey, I've got this law. You want to vote on it? That would you get thrown in prison. Of course, that bill will never pass. But what this has done. See, this is this is the efficacy of this Ellinger piece. Uh, perfectly illustrated. What they're what he's done now is he has drawn out the crazy and made the republicans you know behave the way they would normally behave behind closed doors now they're doing it in public now they're actually saying it this other guy uh, eric burleson a republican from springfield missouri another state representative made a uh, made a silly youtube video in which he goes to a a gun store and firing range and takes Ellinger's law with him. Oh and, yeah. And mounts it up as a as shooting targets. And then this guy Burleson, who looks like he's like twelve, he and a bunch of other, you know, gun store hooples start firing away at it. They're literally killing the bill. <laughs> so this is, you know, again, this is the problem. This is the centerpiece of why we have this gun problem. Because we're, at every turn, we project to everyone else that the way we solve problems in America is we shoot them. We shoot the problem. 
this bill, this Ellinger bill, oh, it's way over the top. We can't have it. It's unconstitutional. So we're going to shoot it. Good God. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the full This country is nuts, man. Yeah. The full illustration of what's, what's wrong with the gun control debate. We don't have enough Ellingers, and we have too many Burlesons and Liras. Lira is the guy who uh, proposed the, the ban on proposing gun control legislation. Well, I mean, to look at it from the other side, the, and I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to be objective here. The other side is so vehement in its, in its defense of uh, gun, gun rights as, as, it's, as they interpret it in the Constitution that their attitude is, well, you know what, infringing on somebody's First Amendment rights, that's just as, uh, just as insane and, and ludicrous as infringing on somebody's Second Amendment, Second Amendment rights. Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, but, I mean, they're, they're obviously mistaking what the content of the Second Amendment is, and that they, they continue right. to mistake. But, but see, they don't see it. That, I'm, you know, I'm, not, you know I'm, I'm, not, I'm only playing devil's advocate here. They don't see it that way. Yeah. They see it as... That freaking thing, the Second Amendment, at, through their interpretation of the Second Amendment, is bulletproof. Yeah. You know, no pun intended. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. But I just, you know, I hate to be the cynical bastard about this. I hate to be the Debbie Downer. I'm just, you know, I just don't see us doing the right things on this. We just don't. Oh, no. What, being just a not Debbie a... Downer by accepting reality? You're absolutely yeah. right. And we're just we're simply dropping the ball and they're winning again, as we kind of predicted, you know, a month ago or so. Right. You know, they're going because to now we're now we're watching Oscar Pistorius, uh, you mm-hmm. know, beating his uh, whatever, shooting his model girlfriend. Yeah, they're just they're going to out hustle us. We're, we're paying attention to drones and we're paying attention to Bob Beckel. And uh, meanwhile, they're you know, the Republicans are in lockstep on gun control. Nothing. Yeah. They, they'll give us nothing. No negotiation whatsoever. Nope. So, um, what else? Uh, you know, worst person in the world. I think, um, I think you may have seen this story. Self-satirical, <laughs> slack-jawed yokel. The guy's name is Joe. Where, what is it here? The guy's name oh. is uh, uh oh where it's it's so, Joe Ricky or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, Joe Ricky Hundley. Joe Ricky Hundley. That's, that does sound like that is like the prototypical racist. Joe Ricky Hundley. You know what though? I mean, please tell me that. And again, play, only playing devil's advocate. Please tell me that somebody else heard him say that and do that. I, I mean, hope so. In all seriousness, because I mean. The first time I read that, I'm like, that is such an over-the-top racist thing to do in public. Yeah. In a big metal tube with, you know, 250 other people. That is such an over-the-top racist thing to do that, I mean, I know there are people who would, or I, I, I have to assume there are people who would do it, but there's this part of me in the back of my mind that, that says nobody's dumb enough to do that. Yeah. Nobody's well, dumb enough to say that or in mixed company. Nobody's dumb enough to slap a baby in mixed company. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what this guy did, evidently. And, and you know, he actually turned around and did it to the, the – I mean, the baby was seated behind him. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you miss that? that that's, I mean, there are other, I mean. other people all around. Like, so. it, it, to me, it's so freaking out there. And, I mean, I, I'm – trust me, I know there are people uh, – there are people capable of it. But, God, it just – you know, I mean, that's something that I actually – it's it, it strains – you know, it strains credulity to me only because it's so crazy. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm not so surprised. 
I mean, I've spent a lot of time on airplanes, and there are a lot of people who just go ape s. That is true. On there an airplane, people go nuts. I mean, they they feel like once they've boarded that tube. Are you are you flying first class, by the way? Are you kidding? No. <laughs> okay. No. I I only wish. Well, you're referencing the Seinfeld bit. Well, I'm just wondering, yeah, because no, no. I mean, dude, that's a hell of a flight for you. Yeah, it's a long flight. I mean, I'm going from uh, from Kona to L.A., L.A. to uh, Reagan National. What are you flying, by the way? Uh, American. Oh, yeah. I wonder if you're leaving when I am. Maybe I'm leaving tonight. Oh no! Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going to Virginia tonight, and then I'm going to be uh, I'm going to hang out with my family for a few days, and then I'm going to Tennessee for the big for the big uh, meetup. Big shindig. Uh, yeah, and the uh, panel discussion on wednesday night so but yeah so uh but i mean look i mean i'm gonna be experiencing these guys firsthand i mean uh it was about a year ago joy and i were flying and a guy left his laptop at security and only realized that once the plane was in the air and he just went ballistic screaming and the last time i flew last time i flew there was some woman who was making a big stink because there was a baby seated next to her and she was complaining and screaming yeah. at the... Ba- babies are a special thing on flights. There's yeah. no doubt about that. They do, in a certain type of person, they tend to bring out the absolute worst. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's one of the reasons why whenever I fly with Inara, I mean, amazingly, astonishingly, Inara has never been bad on a flight, mm-hmm. ever. Not for all the time she's flown. Never been, never been anything but wonderful. Yeah. Once in a while, as she got a little bit older, she'd raise her voice a little bit. But the minute I go, Shh, you know, that's it. She gets quiet and, you know, you give her something to occupy. She's always been wonderful. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah, because she, she's, she's well-adjusted and, you know, she she's got a good personnel. So, you know, not all babies are like that. And this, this particular True. baby, this particular baby was uh, potentially frightened by the fact that the plane was rapidly descending. That's a weird sensation. I think we've all been through that. Sometimes our ears pop and, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's unsettling. So this baby starts crying. This guy, Ricky Joe, or no, it's not even Ricky Joe, because that would make sense. It's actually Joe Ricky. Mm-hmm. Joe Ricky Hunley. Joe Ricky Hunley. That's right. God, I love that name. I got my Joe Ricky Hunley. <laughs> um, so Joe Ricky Hunley. Your mockery is going to get us killed in Tennessee. <laughs> Turns around and says to the mother of this baby, shut that nigger baby up. Classy, huh? But that's not all. Hundley then uh, reportedly turned around and slapped the two-year-old baby in the face with an open hand, which, of course, caused the child to scream even louder. Exactly. That always works. Yeah. Smart. So, you know, if I had been holding that child... Joe Ricky Hundley would have been deplaning with blood gushing out of his nose. Oh my god. Wow. I would be I would have been I would have been carried off that plane in handcuffs. Right. If Joe Ricky Hundley or anybody else had dared to touch Anara at any point. That is dead. Well, you know, and I bring this up because there's a political lesson here. I got to mark that. Um, there's a political lesson here, which is that, you know, the Republican Party is playing to guys, like deliberately playing to guys like Joe Ricky Hundley. Yeah. Southern strategy politics. I just did a, uh, a video assembly for, uh, for Frederick, Frederick Pogue, who's sponsoring and, and, and inviting us out to ETSU right. next week. 
um, to speak. He's the organizer of all of this, and um, he's doing a presentation next week on the Southern Strategy. And I put I assembled all of the recent examples and some of the more historic examples of the Southern Strategy into a video montage. And it's amazing to see all that stuff all put together. Maybe uh, maybe once we get back from Tennessee, I'll post it on the blog. But once you see all that Southern Strategy stuff put back to back, and yeah. know that this one of our two major political parties are deliberately playing to the racial fears and bigotry of white Christian conservative men, yeah. and and that's their whole thing. That's their whole. That's their. That's the centerpiece of their political strategy. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. So, so we're and we're to we're to take them seriously. We're we're to allow them to control our House of Representatives. We're allowed we're to, to allow them to negotiate on important legislation, not only at the federal level but at the state and local level, where they are dominating us. They they shouldn't even have a fraction of the votes that they have. Yep. They should not be taken seriously. Anyone who still plays to racial bigotry should just not be allowed on on the playground. Sorry. Sorry, you've disqualified yourself, Republican Party. So, hey, after party is uh, tomorrow Friday at uh, noon Eastern. Um, Everything we didn't get to today, we will get to tomorrow. Which uh, is lots of politics. What do we didn't get to? We we talk about the Republican war on science. Uh, We're going to talk about, oh, uh, we have a quote of the week. From someone, another Republican, botching a discussion of abortion. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, President Obama and the Supreme Court and Prop 8. That's coming up on the after party, plus the usual hijinks and shenanigans. A little bit of Star Wars Episode 7 talk, Guy Fieri. <laughs> Can't wait nice. to talk about that one. The most disgusting story of the week will be on the after party. Um, and lots, lots more. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Drive safely. And we'll see you in Tennessee. Tuesday night. Bye-bye.